the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know, where we are the number one source of breaking down the discontentment that all fans have with the Pelicans franchise, because it seems like we only record whenever there's shit going on and there's bad things happening. So Mason, what is up? How's it going? How are you this afternoon? (laughs) You know, I think after those CJ comments on uh, Saturday, I don't know. I feel like we should have seen all this coming, seen things, things were going to kind of blow up. This doesn't all, this doesn't happen in isolation, but yet it's still just shocking. It's still, it, I, I need to stop letting stuff like this surprise me um, because this is just what it means to be a Pelicans fan where the most exciting and crazy stuff happens off the floor, not on the floor. It's, it's really a great time. So if you are new or live under a rock, when Mason says stuff like this, he means the Zion Williamson situation. And specifically, uh, the comments that CJ McCollum made over All-Star break was that he reached out to people close to Zion, but he had not spoken to Zion yet. And then this morning, JJ Reddick got on ESPN and basically lit into Zion Williamson, saying he's detached as a teammate and this is a repeated pattern of behavior, something that's been going on since his rookie year, something that JJ has talked to him about in front of other teammates as well. Um, and, you know, this is this is just who he is. And this is all combined with uh, sort of the stuff, uh, I guess, rumors and reports, not reports, I guess, because nothing has been on record, but kind of the things swirling in the in the Pels like rumor sphere. Uh, with regards to Zion essentially cutting off contact with the team for a period of uh, weeks or, or maybe months, um, you know, how Zion's not responding to people's texts and calls, including other teammates on the team, uh, things of that nature. So combining all of that, we are in this situation now where this conversation is at, I guess, the national forefront and people are beginning to question, hey, what is up with this situation? Why is Zion doing these things? can he really not put forth a bare minimum effort to engage uh, with the team? 
And while this is all going on, he has now posted an Instagram highlight of Devontae Graham making the buzzer beater uh, winning shot against Utah. So uh, massive amounts of fun there. Mason, uh, I guess you you already kind of started to talk about it, but where you said you, you shouldn't be surprised when things like this come out. Um, but like, where where are you at right now as a fan and, and where are you at right now uh as an analyst man what a what a good question <laughs> um as a fan i think first and foremost and i i, I want to be very clear that we're reading tea leaves right now there there has not been anything that's come out with zion requesting a trade or anything like that but i i think as a fan the number one feeling has got to be frustration, right? Because, you know, we've seen, we've seen superstars and I, I turn, use that term loosely with Zion because he's shown superstar qualities well before, but he's, he's not, he, he hasn't reached that level yet. He's got to, he's got to be on the floor for that. Um, but, but, you know, you, you've seen superstars kind of move, you know, force, force teams, hands for, force decisions, force movement. Um, but almost every one of those cases at least like the teams had a fighting chance to, to, to make it work. Um, and even if there was an inevitable light at the end of the tunnel uh, and, and we, and you knew it at one point, the player was always going to leave and never going to be a career player for that team. They've, you at least had a period of time, in which you could talk yourselves into being, you know, a, a decent, a threat, or, or at least get, getting to a point of title contention before you set inevitably lose said player. If you're in a small market, the, the Pelicans are not there. The Pelicans haven't gotten much of any any opportunity to to, to get there um, from Zion. We're only two point five years into his career. He's played eighty five career games, um, so I think that's the frustrating. That, that, that's that's the feeling as a fan is frustration and, and and really wanting at least the chance to make this work for whatever period of time Zion prefers to to, to give it. But it's got to be more than what you see here. Um, so that's the fan perspective. I think the analyst perspective is. You've uh, you've got a couple of months here before the offseason to let to let things play out a little bit. And I'm, I'm speaking analyst perspective as in I'm not in the front office and I, I don't know what what all is going on there. I'm talking purely based on what you know you and I can see uh, from from the outside is you've got a couple of months to see this play out. And I think I'm at a point where I wasn't a week ago and saying that a, a Zion trade might might be on the table this offseason. I, 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 I was I'm probably one of the last converts there because I really think that Zion has kind of forced himself into a corner, so to speak, with, with not being able to be on the floor and kind of made it such that he, the best opportunity for him is to take an extension and then force a trade afterwards. And if that's the case, then the Pelicans still have a nice trade asset that they can wait on. They don't have to make a decision now. But if things keep going this direction, I think you've, you've got to start thinking more seriously about at least entertaining offers for him if, if, you, get, if you can get them good enough. And that's the key is like, what is good enough? And I don't... That that's a really hard question to answer for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are at with regards to trading him, because I think the conversation that needs to be had, I, I said this when I talked to Fletcher on TV. Um, he has not played in almost a year. No one knows what he looks like. He has been basically off the face of this planet for the last four or five months. Um 
no one knows where his foot recovery stands. And so if you want to have any meaningful conversations about building around him or moving him, you got to know what the hell is up with him in the first place. And so if you want to have any kind of return, if you want to have teams seriously interested in taking a chance on him, you have to a either get him on the court for a little period of time and show this guy's still capable of producing the way he's capable of producing. And if you're able to do that, then the conversation spins right back to the first place. Like, why are we trading this guy? Cause if he can produce the way he's producing, then why, why trade that guy? And then B, if, if you're not able to get him on the court this season, which I think is a very likely possibility, um, then you need to essentially create a transparent situation with regards to his medical, whether that's, you know, his agents working in conjunction with other teams, giving him access to the med- giving them access to their medicals or uh, the Pelican sharing medical records, whatever it is, there needs to be some level of comfort for the team. That's going to be the buyer in this situation. Unless you're the Knicks. Right. <laughs> They're going to wave the physical, <laughs> but no, there needs to be some level of comfort um, with with teams that are going to be interested before they, they put significant offers on the table. So I see people suggesting, Oh, go get Jalen Brown, go get SGA, go get, why would any of those teams do that? Why? If, if you were, if you had a Jalen Brown on your team, if the Pelicans had a Jalen Brown on their team, let's say it's Brandon Ingram right now. And Zion was on some other teams. Let's say Zion was on the Kings and this was all going on. Would you say, Hey, let me trade Brandon Ingram to go get Zion Williamson. No, given everything that's in the public sphere. No. Exactly. And so those teams aren't stupid and and they're not doing any of that either. So um, I think there just needs to be some sort of confidence for teams that are trading for him with regards to his health. There needs to be confidence that he's, you know, going to be a good sport. So he's going to sign that extension that they're going to probably going to offer because that's, that's why you trade for him, right? You're probably going to offer him that, that maximum extension. And then, um, you know, there needs to be a level of desperation to be, to be relevant, to be good, to be attractive. And so the Knicks obviously fit that, that um, description. And I think there's a couple other teams that would make the play. You know, I think Atlanta has been brought up as a target. I, I do like Atlanta as a trade target. I think I like them a lot better than the Knicks in the terms of the pieces they have. Um, you know, Charlotte might be interested just because of the Jordan connection and, um, but it's really difficult to tell uh, at this point who is and who wouldn't be. I'm kind of sad that the Kings traded away Halliburton because that would have been a fun piece to get out of them, um, you know, if these trade talks ever went down that line. However, um, you know, kind of going back to the the bigger picture here, uh, no, I want you guys to pull up the November 2nd episode of this podcast. Uh, the, pod, the episode is called, titled, Oh No, We Suck Again. <laughs> And, and Mason and I go on a rant about the whole Zion Williamson injury uh, situation, how the Pelicans have been handling it and, and where the responsibility lies in terms of Zion's own actions. And, and this is November 2nd. And, and we're, I'm pretty clear in that, you know, uh, detailing situations where, you know, Zion uh, in the summer skipped out on all those workouts um, while he's been with the Pelicans. He skipped out on, on rehab and conditioning. I mean, this is a guy who has shown you repeatedly, as J.J. Reddick said, he has had no interest in in putting forth the bare minimum effort required to be a professional or teammate around this organization and, and what the organization is going to do. 
and what the organization has repeatedly done is they're going to put on their best face and they're going to say, nope, we're committed to him. He's been awesome. All these things are outside noise. I guarantee you when Willie Green gets in front of the camera, um, as soon as All-Star break is over, we're going to hear the term. We're not concerned about outside noise. We're just concerned about, you know, uh, people who are in the building and something, something to that nature, right? I mean, that's, that's what's going to come out. They're going to be like, yeah, we've talked. People are making a big deal out of all of this. And when they say that, 50% of you listening to this are going to flip right back over to acting like nothing is wrong. And, you know, we're all a bunch of crazies who are trying to make a mountain out of a molehill because that's what, that's what the organization does. They, they have to sell hope. And, and um, many of you believe that hope. The reality is whatever they say in the next couple of days, I can almost guarantee you it's going to be a lie. <laughs> that's, that's just how it's going to be. But um, hey, that's, that's the nature of the business. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, didn't think I, I didn't think a professional franchise was capable of gaslighting the way the Pelicans have <laughs> done to the fan base. This is, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. And I, I will say that the, if, I don't know, I, I really think that the, uh, the, the, the franchise should say all those things. Like they, they should stand behind Zion. They need to say all those things and feel like, I feel like Griff is going to have a big fat grin in his face uh, thinking about what statement he's going to put out about, about how we fully stand behind Zion and say some, you know, Griff presser bullshit about it. Like that, that that's the move. I mean, you've got to, you've got to put the onus now, now that the, the, the public uh, eye is on, is, is, is on this and that, and, and the public kind of opinion is going against Zion, the Pelicans are not going to, twist the knife they're going to take the high road because they they have they have public opinion on their side for a change and so you don't you know you don't waste that and i I think the pelicans are gonna you know do everything say all the right things and and really force zion to come out of hiding and say or do something (laughs) because i think that's that's um you know that's expected not just from the pelicans fan base but i think he's getting he's getting hammered in, in the national media space right now you can't sabotage yourself. That's the Pelicans' only task that they have to do with this situation. And it's very easy to do. Everyone's going to be watching them in terms of how they handle this. They have the president of the Players Association in their building. They have a vice president of the Players Association in their building. And, and they're definitely going to be taking pointers from those guys on, on how to handle this in a way that at least is amenable to, to all parties on a public level, right? Uh, internally, you know, it, what happens and what they say behind the scenes, that that's not of that much importance. But whatever the case may be, uh, you don't want to shut that door publicly. And then two, if you do want to end up trading him, you can't televise the fact that we are done with this dude and, and you're burning the bridge because then you're creating a situation that unnecessarily puts you uh, behind the bear. Yeah. And, and ultimately fans will be fans because if this, there, there is not much, if Zion really wanted to, which I, I don't, I don't really buy at this point, he'll have to prove it to me, but if he wanted to make amends and, and come back to the team and, and be, be the guy again, he wouldn't have to say and do much to get fans back in his camp. I truly, I truly believe that his teammates is another issue entirely. Um, but as far as the fan base, you, you get on the floor, you say the right things, 
uh, you and, and you kind of and you and you're there for the team and you're on the floor, playing, contributing. It this this can blow over. But again, I don't really buy that. That's is something Zion's interested in this point. And I'm very curious to see how his teammates would you know to, would react to something like that because it just seems like I mean, I, I think I, CJ may have opened the floodgates, but man, I mean, there's uh, no 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 way no way he's alone in this regard. Yeah, there's there's no way. I mean, there's been CJ's been here for all of three days, and there's been people who have been with Zion since he was drafted. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jackson Hayes. Uh, are those the only two people who've been here since he's been drafted? I think so. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. That's kind of weird, but that sounds right. Um, in, in any sense. case, they've had people who've been here for a couple of years, uh, to say the least, and and they've been a party to this and they've witnessed this as well. And so, you know, it's going to be a process if there is some, if there is a recovery, if there is a mend, if there is some sort of uh, kumbaya moment to be had. Um, it's going to take some time, but you're, I think you absolutely nailed it with the fans. You know, you're already seeing it right now where you know, he's posted his Instagram highlight and people are like, Oh my gosh, the people are just making a big deal about this. Or the second he is on the floor and he dunks the ball for the first time. Uh, I, I think a lot of fans are going to, are going to be okay for giving and forgetting uh, what happened and and frankly I think that's okay right with fans it's they don't have to peek behind the curtain all the time they don't have to know um, what's going on and, and you don't have to know how the sausage is made right that's that's the saying they just have to be given a good product that they can invest in and uh, you know if you want to ask people to spend their money on tickets and, and spend their time uh, following the team and, and buy merchandise and all of that, you have to give them something in return. And yet that return is good basketball. And um, as long as the Pelicans can do that, I think fans are going to be okay. And that's the gamble that the, that the team has made from the get-go that the fans will forget about all of this um, if, and when they start winning. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel, I fully buy it. Now we just got to see it. Now just got to see it play out. That's the, that's the hard part, but um, yeah, this is a, I guess, where do you think this goes? Like what, what happens next? Um, is there anything, anything more, are there any more statements from, you know, media, from Zion, from anyone else before we get to like Pelicans practice in a couple of days, or, or is that the next, uh, next detail to come out in your mind? I would, you know, I want to say no. Um, I, I think at this point, the Pelicans are trying to probably do some damage control, uh, I think enough has been said, but then again, you know, like a guy like Josh Hart has his own podcast. There's nothing stopping him. He's no longer associated with the team. You know, Stan Van Gundy's out there tweeting all the time. Um, I'm no idea what he's going to say, if he's going to say anything. So there's, there's people out there who definitely have a platform and Alvin, and can Alvin Gentry won't, won't, won't be shy to talk to anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. Alvin Gentry will tell you a lot of things. Anybody's <laughs> willing to listen. He'll tell you, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think, I think at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if the team is back channeling to people like, hey, just let's let's let this chill for a little bit. Enough has been said. And then the team's probably putting together a response and uh, preparing Willie Green for the media availability that's going to happen. Um, what would be surprising to me is if, if Griffin decided to make himself available uh, to answer questions. But I, I don't think that's um, I think that's kind of like admitting that, hey, something is up. 
and and I have to address it. So you're kind of walking into like the Streisand effect a little bit. But if you just give Willie Green the platform, I know some people would be like, oh, you're leaving him out the drive, but kind of gives this illusion of, oh, business is normal. You guys are tripping. Um, yeah, we're cool. So that that that's my expectation from the team is that's how they're going to approach. It. That's certainly how I would approach it. Uh, so I don't, you know, it'd be interesting to see how the next couple of days unfold, but um, what's, what's more interesting to me is like, if, if the players are receiving the same kind of preparation and if, if their responses are going to be the company company line, or if someone's actually going to speak out about this, but here's what I'll tell you. I said earlier in the pod, everyone's going to lie to you. <laughs> it sounds like fucking Alex Jones over here, got a tinfoil hat on my head. Um, but, but seriously, like they, that's their job. Their job is to lie to you. And, and, you know, there's a lot of very hardworking people um, that cover this team that talk to folks and, and, you know, let them be the ones to tell you the, the, their stories. But um, this stuff is not just going to go away with a couple nice words said publicly. Yeah. Someone's going to go corner like Jackson Hayes at practice and, and just like see if he'll slip up and say something he shouldn't. Like <laughs> I, I, I could, I could see that like the people trying to push and seeing what they can get out of, uh, you know, quotes. And cause you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they should be touting the company line. That's what I imagine that's what the players are, have, <laughs> you know, are, are expected to do. Um, I, I do wonder, um, you know, given what we've heard now from CJ and from, from JJ, uh, if there's the Josh Hart, the Josh Hart thing's really interesting. Uh, I am very curious now that you mentioned that, uh, if he would say, given that his best friend, JJ Reddick just said something. Um, if, if, if there's anything that's going to come from him, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of doubt it, but also I don't like know what happens if like a beat writer in Portland and when Josh Hart has media availability, ask him like, Hey, you were teammates with Zion. What's the deal there? Genuinely curious what happens there. Uh, but you know, with, with regards to, to the Pelicans. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things that the NBA has done that has been a detriment to the fans, but something the teams are probably very much in favor of is uh, limit people's access to uh, players because of COVID. So during the COVID year, like there was no in-person stuff. You couldn't go into locker rooms. You couldn't do anything. Now there is some in-person stuff, but it's podium st- style setting um, none of this uh, stuff where like you had previously had access to a locker room, you could pull a player to the side or just kind of have this conversation that um, didn't necessarily even need to be on record. And, and those kind of little things to where you can like talk to people in person have become a lot more difficult uh, for reporters to do um, because uh, the team exercises a great deal of control over who was made available at what time, when, um, and to whom. And so I'm not saying that uh, like professionals like Andrew and, and Christian and Will um, are unable to do their jobs because I think they're still very much getting the same stories, but it's made it uh, a level of magnitude more difficult to do, do their jobs. So I, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, you may have, they, the Pelicans may have had a tougher time controlling some of this stuff. I think now it's very easy to have some like everyone on the same page put on this united front and everyone has the same like, oh, I'm just focused on getting better uh, and, and, you know, working together with the rest of the team and we're making this playoff push. I, mean, I think some variation of that is what everyone's going to say. 
uh, what we really need is for someone in Memphis media to go ask Stephen Adams how um, how if Zion was receptive to his warm farm or not, and 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 just see see what Stephen says. Just yeah, I mean, if you don't fuck with the worms, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Good lord. <laughs> or yeah, um, what's uh yeah what what the heck's Eric Bledsoe up to? I'm sure he'd love to make that himself not the most hated person in New Orleans. But Bledsoe's busy being a leader, you know, in, in Portland. Is that where he's at? That's what, like, I, I can't, I think so. I don't think that he, he was moved and he wasn't bought out. So I think he's still in Portland. Yeah, yeah therefore, no. So yeah, yeah, him and Josh, they should get them together at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think a lot of questions that people have asked us have been with regards to what can the Pelicans uh, get for Zion and what's his trade market. And I think we should probably have our like like a separate pod just for that. Speaking about scenarios, but is there like a like a, a, a team right now that stands out to you? I know we mentioned a couple earlier in the pod that you're like, hey, if they they came at me uh, this summer with this, I would do it immediately and not look back. And um, yeah, I need I need more time on that one because like the thing is, it's what are the teams that are like willing to just do that? Like you mentioned, you, you mentioned Halliburton and Sacramento earlier. And I'm just sitting there thinking there's just no way in hell those Kings are trading for Zion because Zion has, was going to have no interest in staying in Sacramento. Um, well, not so, now they aren't, but <laughs> before Prisa yeah. bonus, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I do wonder, I do wonder if like, so I, I remember hearing some stuff about uh, the when, back when we thought Dame, Dame might get traded, you know, there was this, rumor i don't remember if it was i don't remember where i heard it um maybe one of the things we were talking about but with uh you know is dame gonna maybe maybe he'll like want to go to a small market team because because of the bad pr and he doesn't want to have you know he doesn't want to face that all that bad pr because he's kept up his good image for so long and then like you, you mentioned charlotte uh with with jordan and everything like i don't know that seems like a, a way to it's close to home for him, closer to home. It's a small market, technically, in NBA terms, it's certainly a small market. Jordan, Michael Jordan owns the team. There's a lot of reasons that would make sense as a potential destination um, if he was like, you know, if if New York was off the table. Um, so I guess that's an interesting one. But yeah, I just had no idea where Zion's head's at on this besides New York Knicks or bust. And I have no idea what teams are we willing to really take to, to roll the dice on him, not just from an injury perspective, but from a, you know, it, can we, can we get him to, to stick around? So a lot of, a lot of moving parts, which makes this trade market very difficult. Sounds familiar. Sounds almost like uh, uh, another guy that Pelicans traded a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I don't think the Dame situation would ever be uh, on the table. I mean, it'd be kind of hilarious to do, uh, would you, would, would you do like send CJ back in terms of salary? <laughs> Just building Portland South. I mean, I, I, I don't even. I don't know. I don't think that would work. Uh, no, however, I, I didn't mean trading for for Dame. I, I just kind of meant like the whole mentality. Like maybe a small market would be better. Oh, for Zion, for Zion. A similar yeah. mentality. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's okay. what I meant. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't think Zion gives two shit about that kind of image. <laughs> <laughs> or certainly, let, let, let me rephrase it. I don't think Lee Anderson gives two shits about that. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, what does Lee want? Oh man. That's the question that has plagued the Pelicans team for uh, three years now. Um, I, I like Charlotte, you know, I would do some combination of, of the miles bridges sign and trade, uh, get book night in there. I would want PJ Washington 
But, you know, I'd be happy with uh, with the rest of the picks, too. So um, would Charlotte do it? No fucking clue. Uh, <laughs> was it smart for them to do it? Probably not. But, you know. Michael I, Jordan. I, I Michael could, Jordan, I come see on. Jordan getting yeah. in the Jordan, um, you know, one of the Jordan flagship players because Luca, Luca and Tatum are the others right now, right? Um, but getting Zion, who has his own shoe, putting him next to LaMelo, um, bringing you know Charlotte that kind of attention. Lamelo is is must ball te- uh, must ball television <laughs> must see television, um, and and so Lamelo and, and Zion are a very good on on paper fit. So I'd, I'd be very curious to see uh, how that played out. But I would I would do that. I think my threshold of accepting trades for Zion is a lot lower than than a lot of folks. Um, and and frankly, I'm very much on the page of you're all the way in or you're all the way out. And I am rec- I reconcile with the fact that trading away Zion probably trades away your best chance at a championship. And I am at ease with that. So I would rather root for people who want to be here and just provide good, consistent basketball. And if that means, you know, that ceiling of a championship caliber team isn't there uh, in the near term, then I'm, I'm at peace. Yeah, and don't forget, you're going to get the Lakers pick when they lose LeBron, and that's going to turn into the next superstar. So uh, yes, you've, got, you've got that in your back pocket. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a very interesting uh, and in, in good, good topic to, to, to bring up here to, to maybe cl- uh, close out is, is, uh, is that you know what's your, you know, what do you want out of this Pelicans team, right? I mean, I, I think as I've, as I've gotten older, I kind of have, I, I, I kind of, I align more and more to what you're talking about right now, which is look, I've, I've chased this, um, the, this idea of a championship caliber team for a long time in new Orleans. And despite, you know, th- there being countless examples that it takes a very unique cer- set of circumstances to even get that chance as a smaller market team. And I'm at the point where like, if I can get a team of players who are bought in, invested in New Orleans, they can put a, put a winner on the floor, even if their chance that they only have like that, you know, unique set of circumstances all aligning, you know, to, to get them to that championship level. If that, if that's the only, you know, realistic pathway there is, I'm fine with that as long as, you know, the, the team is putting a quality product on the floor and it has a bunch of guys who are truly bought in and invested. And so that being the case, I'm I'm still not quite where you are from a, are am I you know am I ready to trade Zion this offseason? season? Almost no matter what, just to just to move on, I'm not there yet, which is you know ironic considering how silly I thought the 76ers Ben Simmons shit was. Uh, but they also had Embiid an, a prime Embiid year. They were just seemed like they were giving away um, that that really isn't the case for the Pelicans right now. So it's a little bit different, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Um, uh, offers depending, um, but we, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens over the next few days and, and, you know, weeks and heading into the off season. Yeah. I, you know, I think, as I said, all eyes are going to be on the Pelicans and, and how they handle this situation. Um, you know, everyone's going to be watching them closely, both players and agents and, and other teams. So what they do here is important. And, it's okay for them not to rush this. So we'll see. Stay tuned for, for the next uh, Pelicans PR release. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you.
Hello everyone, my name is Colin Kelly and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.